Beautiful souls, do you have a prayer request or want us to send you healing energy today? Would you like us to be praying for your friend or loved one? If this is you, go to worldslargestprayernetwork.com to submit your prayer request. And while you're there, please sign up to join our team of prayer warriors. The angels say prayer not only opens you to miracles, raises your vibration, and helps you heal, but the more you pray, the more God's presence is felt on earth. Feel your angels' love as they surround you right now, and listen for the positive, loving messages your angels intended specifically for you in today's episode. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today we are here with Tara, who has three different angel stories that come through as dreams. She has a friend who does not do this work as a living, but gets these very, very intuitive dreams. She's very tuned in. So I'm so excited to hear, hear about these. Tara, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Julie. I'm so excited to be here and share my story and meet you and talk with you. Um, Spirit led me to your work in October of 2021 when I started going through um, a spiritual awakening. And I, I'm an educator and I love to learn. So this whole realm of angels and awakening was not something I was familiar with. And I'm just so grateful to you for the work you've put out in the world because it's really helped me kind of piece by piece um, learn about what's going on with me in this spiritual awakening and the amazing signs and validations that I've been getting it's it's been life-changing and I'm just so grateful. Thank you. So we where to start? Okay. So another thing I wanted to mention is my kids are also listening to the Intuitive Kids podcast. And I just want to say I'm so grateful that that exists because Yay! as a mom going through this spiritual awakening, and then also like they're my driving force for a lot of the healing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole different way of them learning the world. And I'm just so great. They love it. And I can't wait for, we're angel members now, and I can't wait for them to join the Q&A um, too. So excited for that. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Okay. So the one in the angel story I'm sharing today is about a soul friendship that I've had since childhood. It's my friend Maggie, and we've known each other since I was four. We were kitty corner backyard neighbors growing up, her and her older sister. They were my best friends. I was the youngest of four, but I had three older brothers. So these two were like my sisters that I never had. And, you know, over the years, we've always had a very close relationship growing up because we were also in close proximity. But as we grew up into adults, we're kind of spread out a little bit and um, sort of lost touch here and there, but always had a very close relationship. And what's been crazy is I've been through a lot and I've grown up with them. So they know my family like family and half of my immediate family is no longer living. And so I've experienced of quite a few losses, tons of losses and grief that they had experienced with me. 
And so basically in 2004, when I was 18, my 19 year old brother, Skylar, he took his own life after a battle with heroin addiction. And then in 2006, my dad, who struggled with childhood adversity, trauma, and also addiction, died at age 50 from stage four stomach cancer. And that was like five weeks from diagnosis to death. It was very fast. And that was about four months before I was getting married. So it was a lot happening, those two losses within two years. And then, you know, life happened. I got married. I had three kids, you know, three daughters in the span. And then in 2017, my brother Gunner um, died from an accidental fatal concoction of opiates, benzos, and alcohol. And um, that was a devastating loss. Um, all of them have been devastating. A year later, <laughs> in 2018, my stepdad who I had a very close relationship with and was the rock for my mom, you know, passed away also. So it's my mom and me and my oldest half brother, John, that are remaining of my nuclear family growing up. And so those facts have affected me in a variety of ways over the years as I process and I grieve the losses. Um, but I really felt that I had to just keep living life with three daughters of my own, dealing with the ups and downs of marriage. And so coping and healing from so many losses has been hard. <laughs> and I've realized this summer that part of my awakening is working through some unresolved grief. And so here come these dreams that Maggie has, and they come out of the blue Grief is a never-ending process, is what I've learned. All of these things have happened years ago, but I'm still carrying so much of their memory with me all of the time. I mean, I'm constantly, and now with the awakening, I feel like I'm getting signs all the time. And it's really comforting. It's super comforting. And it has given me peace and healing. And so these dreams are like a very cool story and um, something that I'm excited to share with you. Okay. So the first dream happened in 2014. So this was 10 years after Skylar had passed away. I, I'll never forget it. I was, it was after school. I was shopping at a Burlington and she called me and we, I was on the phone and I'm like, she's like, I had this dream last night. I got to tell you about it. I'm like, okay, you know, tell me about it. And I remember just being gobsmacked in the store. <laughs> Like in my, like jaw dropped, like I couldn't believe that it had happened because what has happened with each of these dreams is she tells me what happens, but she doesn't quite understand the message or the context until I explain it to her. And then both of our minds are blown by what's happened. So in this dream, she saw, and I recently talked to her again to kind of get a refresher because each of these dreams are obviously very vivid for her and she remembers all of the details. Um, so what she described was in her mind's eye, she had like a big screen image of Skylar. And it looked like a yearbook picture where he's wearing like a white shirt. His hair was looking so good. His skin was like flawless and angelic. She said he looked so happy. And then in this, and it, she said it was just huge. You know, she said he had nice short hair. He was just looking really good. And he had a picture in the dream. 
And he said, give this to Tara, not with his, like he said it through thought, you know, she like described it that way and give this to Tara. She would have wanted this is what it said in the dream. And so she, in the dream takes the picture and she, (laughs) she realizes that there's handwriting all over the back of the picture and it was blue or something in the dream. And, and, and that was the end of it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what you don't know (laughs) is it's been 10 years since he had passed away and he passed away by suicide. I was 18 when he died. He struggled with mental illness and addiction, a very intense addiction that he tried to get clean from. And his death just shattered our family. You know, it was very difficult. And he he left my mom a message. He left my brother Gunner a message, but we had sort of a complicated relationship. We were very close in age. We were close, but he didn't leave me a message before he passed away. Yeah. And so, I mean, I was like, I don't remember ever telling her that. And we may have, but it was 10 years later. Like it did affect me. I was sad. I like, I think I held on to that with subconsciously and also consciously, but then kind of set it away. And then 10 years later, this dream where like, and I asked her in the dream, I'm like, when, what did the picture say? Like, what was the picture? What was written on the back? She's like, I couldn't tell what was written on the back, but it was like, he had it for you. And he had written it like, give, she wanted this. Mm-hmm. And it was almost, it just felt like it was his way of saying like, I love you. <laughs> and And it was, it was awesome. Oh my gosh. And then this past Friday, it's my daughter's 10th birthday. And right before everybody's coming over for like a dinner and birthday celebration, I'm like picking up, I'm trying to put things into, you know, behind cabinets and, you know, (laughs) the house a little bit. And something told me it was my intuition and said, look through the yellow folder of pictures that are in this cabinet that I normally don't open. It's in our break front under the TV. And this this folder is a collection of pictures of Skylar and Gunner for a, I compiled for a quilt that my mom's friend made her, but they're all their childhood pictures. And I haven't looked through them in a while. So all of a sudden I'm, you know, at the kitchen table going through each picture and I'm looking at the back of each picture, Julie. For the blue writing. Yes. And oh my God. (laughs) So... I found a picture that had, I'm just looking for any handwriting. I'm like, whatever, if there's any like handwriting over the whole back of a picture, that would be something. And there was. So it was a little different than what her dream described. But I found this picture of Skylar when he was probably, I don't know, fifth, fifth grade. And it's a wrestling picture. Like this is his wrestling picture. And my dad had very, he was an artist by hobby, among other things, but he had very particular handwriting and he went through a lot in his life. And there were times growing up that like, he really tried to get better. He tried going to therapy and working through his trauma and it was a different time. And there weren't the tools I think that like we have available now, but what he wrote on the back of this picture, I'll just kind of show it's in colored, it's like red colored pencil. And then there's like some blue, I'll read it to you because it doesn't make a ton of coherent sense, but I think I know what he was trying to say here at this time in Skylar's life. 
It says the mental touche I never expected. Sky and me. Learn and teach your children with love, underlined, patience, and watch close. And then it wrote over here something my husband thought it, he wasn't the best speller, my dad, <laughs> but it <laughs> says, surveil, surveil my environment, not known to him. So it almost felt like he was on watch for Skylar yeah. at this point in Skylar's like knowing that, you know, maybe he's going to have some of that same struggle that he went through. And I think all three of them that are gone, both of my brothers and my dad, you know, they did struggle with a lot. Um, and so I think that moment of seeing the picture and also like being a parent of this like school age time, it it just felt like a connection that I'd been looking for, even though it wasn't like, hey, Tara, I love you. You know, but it wasn't that, but it definitely was. I mean, that's a picture filled with handwriting and it was my dad's, which was cool. That's amazing. Okay. So then there goes a while without any dreams. And then all of a sudden, I guess, yeah, this would be yeah May of 2021. Maggie has this dream in the dream her and I are hanging out and she looks, um, she looks at me and she's like, do you have a tattoo behind your ear? And I was like, uh, I guess in, in the dream, I had a tattoo of like in the shape of a star or a teardrop with the word sky in it. And this is my brother, Skylar, we're talking about like, and there were two of them. And then she woke up and immediately thought in her head, opened her eyes and woke up and said, I have to tell Tara. And immediately when she had that thought, she had like what she describes as sleep paralysis. She said it felt like there was a big refrigerator door and it was like cold and windy above her. She said she felt Skylar's energy being so excited. Like she could feel he was excited to tell her, like he grabbed her arm. She felt a grab on the arm and he came close to her face and he kissed her forehead. And, and it was sending a thought message of like, yes, tell her like emphasis, like, please tell her. And so of course, and she was kind of freaked out by this because she was in like a state of paralysis. And my friend Maggie is beautiful. She's always been beautiful. Skylar, I'm sure, found her attractive growing up. You know what I mean? So like, I'm like, of course they're coming to you to like send messages. <laughs> but and her, she's laying next to her husband too at the time. And then my 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 dead brother <laughs> kisses her forehead. But um, it was cute. And so then she calls me the next day and she tells me about the dream. And I'm like, oh my gosh, because two days ago I was at my mom's house. I think it was like a day of, off of school with my kids and my cousin was there and we're just joking around. And my mom was like, I think I'm going to get tattoos of the boys balloons because we always for family parties will bring a green balloon for Gunner and a blue balloon for Skylar at our family parties. And, um, and she was going to do it behind her ear. Like she was going to do it behind her ear and we're all laughing and like, yeah, why not do it? You know, she's, and, but it was about her 
And it was a conversation that nobody knew about. It's not like Maggie and I talk every week or even every month. Sometimes we both have busy, you know, families and lives. But what that message was to me was he's around and he's with us. And it's been so many years. I mean, this was 2021. He passed away in 2004. Like he's still with us, knows what's going on. It was a funny moment. Like we were laughing about it. And for me, I immediately felt like, okay, at this time, my mom's alone. You know, she's had, she's lost two kids and you know, she was divorced from my dad, but also two husbands. (laughs) And it's, I sometimes worry that she, you know, is alone. And like, if the boys were here, it would be more, you know, people to be around with her and everything. And it just was reassurance to me that they are with her and they were at her house. You know, we were at her house in a house that he had never been to. And they know what's going on in our lives. And I just felt so comforted by that. So then the next dream, and this was, um, so Gunnar passed away in 2017. So this had to be in the last five years. She said it was a very quick glimpse, but she saw Gunnar in the winter. It was like a winter scene wearing a black wool coat and he had his hair long and slicked back and he was with a woman and he was like smiling and he walked through a door and just like looked back and smiled at her. And so she called me and told me about that. And I was like, okay, I didn't really like, first of all, I'm always thinking, why, why aren't they coming to me? Why can't I dream about them? I'd love a visitation. You know, I've asked for that, but for some reason, I don't know why that happens. Um, So that was the first one she had of Gunner after he passed away. And and then there was this recent one that happened um, over the summer. And this one really blew my mind. So I've been going through this awakening and part of that process is, you know, you're really thinking deeply about what your life purpose is, the lessons you're here to learn. And it sometimes feels a little isolating, right? And I, you know, we have a a pool now at our house and we're, so we've been hosting like family parties and stuff. And I was just one summer evening sitting out uh, around the corner in the backyard and I was just, I had a moment to myself And I had realized at that point that I have some unresolved grief that because life has gotten so busy and the kids, they need me and my time was always pushed out elsewhere, um, that I hadn't really dealt with the losses. And so I had a moment where I was just like, my brother, John, and I had had sort of a falling out. We hadn't been talking and, you know, he's all I had left. And I felt like so lonely just like I I had three brothers they were rowdy and loud if they were alive I was like fantasizing how I'd probably be like I hope one of them doesn't drink too much at the pool party or you know like doesn't be too loud and things are just a lot quieter and they're not around and so I was just feeling kind of lonely about that and a little sad and then I asked for some signs I literally was like please come through. I know you're around. Like, let me know, send me some signs. And they delivered before hearing about the dream she had that night. So this was the day before, um, like a cardinal almost immediately came to my backyard and sat on the fence. And then 
when I was putting my youngest daughter to bed, she, I think, you know, she senses things, obviously, but she said something really interesting. She was like, mommy, don't leave yet. There's like this silver, like orb circle over there. And, um, and it's kind of scaring me. And so like, we said a prayer about, you know, this is not the time or space for that to happen. And, and then it lingered for a little bit, but then she said it like swooped off and then just went up in the corner. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's really interesting. I wonder what that was. She was a little freaked out. We like ended up saging the house the next day just to make sure. But then I was walking up after turning out our turtle's light from the basement and I felt a presence like walking behind me. And and so then I went to bed that night and Maggie calls me in the morning and says, I had another dream. I have to tell you about it. And I'm like, yes, tell me about it. This is so weird because I just asked for a sign and got a bunch of them. And so let's let's hear what the message is this time. And so she said that in the dream, we were in some house. I was like, what house were we in? She said, I didn't know what house we were in, but there was carpeting in the hall. <laughs> Those are like the tiny things that she could like remember. Um, we were talking and I was upset in the dream. And I told her that I felt lonely and alone. And she was confused because one, I'm married. And like, again, we haven't taught, we don't talk that frequently. So she's like, why is she feeling lonely? And then I walked into the room and then Gunnar came up to her and he was also bothered in the dream, like a little bothered and confused and was like, why is she lonely? I'm always with her. Like, and, and Maggie in the dream was like, yeah, why is she lonely? And then he walked in after me, like behind me into the room. And I just felt like that was because in my mind, when I felt that presence behind me walking up the stairs, I do get a little like scared. And like, I was like, who is that? Like, what could that be? And I'm still trying to learn and grow in my, you know, intuition. And I do feel like it's opening and expanding. But yeah, those those were the the dreams that she had. That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, let's talk about this a little bit because I think there's some really great messages that we can bring through here. And I want to start with like the sleep paralysis that your friend had. And I think the second dream, this is not the first time that I've heard about sleep paralysis. And we'll just explain this to people. I'm trying to use an example that I can use uh, with kids because there's one that's just for adults that keeps coming to me, but it's probably not the most appropriate. Um, what happens is it feels like your body, like you just can't move your body. Like you're like arms move, legs move, nothing happens or like turn to get off the bed and you can't. Um, it's just a, a paralysis state. And Thankfully, this has never happened to me because I think that would really, really freak me out. I don't like that whatsoever. I even get a little claustrophobic in tight spaces, like in um, like smaller cars, if it's full with lots of people or even on the airplane. If it's my family in a whole row, like that's awesome. But if I'm by the window seat and then there's other people that I don't know right next to me, it just feels very, very overwhelming to me. And 
so we all have these different fears, right? Or have you ever been down in the basement still as an adult? Sometimes I do this and I'm like, dark, I don't like this vibe. I'm like running up the stairs as fast as I can. And I'm like, Archangel Michael, surround me. Archangel Michael, surround me. We all have those fears. And I think instead of brushing those fears away and telling yourself like, oh, I shouldn't have those fears at all. That's another egoic mind thought because you can't stop the vibrations that you're feeling. You have to listen to the vibrations that you're feeling, dissect them, ask them questions, go deeper within them, understand them in order to work through and then those vibrations dissipate and then there's just some things that we don't ever want to feel and it's okay to go to god and just be like i don't want to feel this like this sleep paralysis thing never want to experience it it's cool if i don't thank you so much (laughs) that too afterwards like it did kind of freak her out for a while and I think we did talk about like how she can set the boundaries of like what she's comfortable with whenever any of this comes through. And she, because she knows them, I think it has been more comforting. It doesn't happen with like randos popping in her dreams. It's like these childhood, you know, brothers of her friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's amazing. That's amazing that she she's able to bring through so incredibly much like through these dreams. It's awesome. Um, I think it's important to share those messages with our friends when we receive them. Just a couple of months ago, I had a dream of a friend's mom and she came through with this very clear message for my friend's business. And I woke up and she wouldn't let anything else come into my head. She's like, I know it's early, just text her anyway, it'll be okay. So I text Dawn and and then we're at a Christmas party and she texts me back, oh, thanks so much. She, she didn't say much about it like afterwards. And then we're at this Christmas party together and um, she's telling everybody, this is my friend Julie and she had this dream and she couldn't have known that this was coming up in my business, but my mom came through in a dream and like, um, it was just like the cutest thing in the entire world. Those things come through for a reason, right? And I do think it's important if you're going to do this work, like as a profession to get training in it, because like, I wouldn't want to go see a cardiologist who doesn't have training in that. And in the same way, when you go to see somebody who's got a lot of training in this, they do know more so what they're doing than the everyday person or a person who's just beginning out on this journey. But with that said, there are these times where it just comes through, you know, like, and when it just comes through, you have to be that messenger. Like spirit is giving you that because it has to come through. And so there's a big difference. And those one-offs are awesome and you have to deliver them. They're incredible, but it's just so special. And I I think it's so warm too, because it comes out of nowhere. Yes. And after so many years, and it's 
you know, I'm a very, I don't want to say like busy person. I'm trying to heal from, from always feeling busy because part of the last few years has really been focusing on my self-care and going within and really trying to, to do the work. And I feel like that's not something I share with people in my life outside of like my, you know, my husband and my, my kids, and we don't even keep in touch that much. So it coming out of the blue really was wonderful. And I also feel like it did restore our friendship, you know, through sometimes where we kind of, especially through the pandemic, it was, it's been difficult. And um, so it kind of, it was just a reminder of you're not alone and we are with you. And you also do have these soul friendships that even though you're going through this awakening, like you still have your people. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about this for a second, because this is a hard reality. Um, But sometimes when a person is here on earth they are the glue holding together other family members holding together families and the energy and the dynamic does shift after they're not here and there's so many different components to this but there are times where we are around family members who judge or who are not in a healthy space themselves or put shame on us. And it is like this just message from the angels is coming through to everyone. It is not your job to go and heal other people or help them it's, it, it has taken me so much time, right? Like years of going through to different counselors and doing a different spiritual work and working with different healers where we don't judge one another anymore. We don't shame one another anymore. And there are certain family instances where it can work and you can come back together and there can be healing and everybody can move forward. And there are some things that are so toxic and so unhealthy and so hurtful or so cruel that that person causing the harm needs to go get themselves the help and want to like you can't hop into anybody else's body and make them want to see it a different way and it's not your job this is what the angels are saying to everybody it's not your job to have to constantly defend yourself or be on the defense or be around people who are just toxic and unhealthy And so there are so many different situations. So you have to look at this individually, everybody with your own counselor. But I read something recently that said, I spent a lot of time working on my own toxic traits. So believe me when I say the last thing I'm going to do is be a lesson that shows someone all of their own skeletons. Been there, done that. 
I've never wanted to be a doctor. Sorry, you can heal on your own, just like I did. Come find me later when we can talk about how good the peace feels, and then you'll finally understand why I protect it at all costs. That was by Stephanie Bennett Henry. And I was like, that's it. That is what the angels say all the time. It's not your job to fix it. It's not your job to put yourself in situations where you're constantly berated or hurt or accused or judged. It is your job to do you and it's their job to do them. And when they get healthy and they want to come back and have a conversation, awesome. But I can't, in my own journey, I'm doing so much in my own life. I can't be on that journey with you. You got to go do that yourself and you have to want to do that yourself to get better and to heal. So I don't know if that makes any sense to you. It so does on many levels. <laughs> yes. And it's an echoing of, of things that I definitely know. And honestly, I think part of this journey for me has been really looking within and doing the work and healing and showing like for myself primarily, but also for my kids and the dynamic, the dysfunctional or unhealthy dynamic that can exist in my marriage. And so like, it's been at the forefront of we're really working on exactly what is needed to keep a harmonious, peaceful life that is all of the good things because part of the awakening is shedding, you know, that past version of myself and hoping that we can grow together and, and heal and show our family, you know, and our, our kids that there, there's a better way of, of communicating and really, you know, just, I'm, I'm feeling really hopeful about things, but everything that you just said really echoes the why it's been it's been so I'm trying to think of the word like absolute for me there's no going back to the the ways before that it's like we really I know I am without a shadow of a doubt moving forward in you know peace and and maintaining my peace and anything in any realm or area of my life that doesn't jive with that vibe is is something I'm shedding and I think that that has been some of the growing pains um and and part of the the difficulty of awakening but it's also empowering and yes. and healing yeah because it's a totally different expression and vibration and way of living with your partner and your kids when because things are going to happen and there's going to be little conversations but when you can handle it a different way or look at it a different way and you and your kids and your husband all have these tools so you're all communicating the same language all the time it's just such a different life and then you get to that place and you just protect that peace that you've created that ease yeah yes yeah. And I mean, it really has been, it feels like a miracle in many ways over this last holiday season, like the change in dynamic, but also the la the lessened conflict, even our kids are noticing and saying, you know what, 
you know, you guys aren't disagreeing or fighting the way that you used to. And things are so much better. And so it's been, it's taken, you know, a lot to get to that point. Oh my gosh, so much. But we're starting, I'm starting to see the fruits of this labor. And it is a ripple effect in the people in my life. And um, it's beautiful. Oh, I love that. That is so incredible. And you put it so perfectly. That's exactly what it is. I love having you on, Tara. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your beautiful energy with everyone. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share this story. Of course. Everybody listening, if you have angel stories that you want to share, go over to theangelmedium.com where you can share your story and be on this podcast next. All my love to you, friends. Beautiful soul, thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at angelpodcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.